0: Hi, hi. I'm Joshua Simon. I'm Kennedy Sum. I'm Sam Joe. And we are
1: the, the SG Boys, the new gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe
2: and find us on Instagram at The SG Boys. So this week is actually really special for all the fans of The Spice Girls. The debut album Spice turned 24 years old. Their second album Spice World turned 23 years old. That's how old Kennedy is by the way.
1: <laughs> actually, yes,
0: yeah, true. Just some context, yeah, just some context.
2: Also, their third and final album Forever was released 20 years ago today. So all those albums came out on the same week years apart. Has it really been that long, Josh? I know you didn't ask me, but it has.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who let him in? (laughs) Goodbye, my friend.
2: Didn't catch the reference either.
0: (laughs) It's so fucking annoying.
2: Goodbye and hello, because we have a special someone on the line. (laughs)
3: hi Hi. you could hear me before you could see me and i wasn't expecting three gorgeous guys so good morning thank Thank you you.
1: so melanie you know we've seen so much of you so much of the spice girls actually through the Mm -hmm. years and the three of us spent today re-watching and reliving a lot of our favorite music videos Mm -hmm. is there a clip or commercial a live performance that you still go back to today
3: Oh, wow. There's so much, isn't there? I think the thing is now because everything is at our fingertips, you know, on the internet. And the one clip that I often will re-watch is when we played the Olympics in London. I mean, I live in London, so it's not, it doesn't seem that, you know, amazing place to go back to, but it was just such an amazing time. Um, I love to watch old clips. A lot of them, I don't remember them. I don't remember being there. I think we were so busy It was it was crazy. So it's fun to go back and kind of just get those, you know, those memories back.
1: I was just telling them earlier that one of the first introductions I had to the Spice Girls was actually when you guys were at the 2012 Olympics. So I'm really, really happy that you said that.
3: Well, it was a good one. It was a good introduction. It was one of our finest moments. So, yeah, it's one of my most cherished memories.
2: Beautiful. You know, there is a lot for you and us to revisit as fans to get that sweet dose of nostalgia. But is there something in your vault, some home video or outtake that's not out there on the Internet that you wish we could find?
3: Ooh, I'm sure there is. Um, you know, it's quite hard to have anything that's not out there already, you know, right now. It's amazing when you find old clips that have kind of been transferred to YouTube, that like old TV shows that, you know, and they're all like grainy. And I think it would be hard. I know um, some interesting footage came out last year of us behind the scenes of an advert that we did in the UK where a guy was kind of like... Um, encouraging us to kind of unbutton another top. We were dressed as schoolgirls um, for this particular advert and we gave him quite a hard time for being so sexist. So I think when those little gems are unearthed, it's really amazing.
0: Melanie, can I just say, you girls have done some of my favourite commercials of all time. I mean, they're all super fun and humorous. Like Christmas is coming soon, and one of my favorite ones was the Tesco commercial that you did. You know the one where you're buying presents for each other and then you have to hide from each other. It always cracks me up.
3: Yeah, I mean we have had a lot of fun. I think we were probably one of the first music acts to do so many, you know, ads and sponsorship deals and, and the amount of things that we did back in the nineties. And then it was really fun. I think that was two thousand and seven or two thousand and six um, when we did the little deal with Tesco's before we did our first. First reunion tour and yeah we've always enjoyed that i think because we did the movie as well you know there's there's so much more to the spice girls than the music you know and part of it is the dynamic between us and the humor and kind of making fun of each other and and um, that's very important on stage as well as any other the opportunities we get to perform
2: Your new album is absolutely fantastic, the rave reviews, the colorful music videos and performances, choreography on point, but 80s aesthetic aside, do you think you could have made this album 10-15 years ago? Would the lyrics represent your story then?
3: I, there's no way this album would have been made 10 or 15 years ago. I think my albums of those times were very honest and true to who I was at that point in my life. But, you know, like everybody, it's a journey that we're on and, and everything we experience teaches us. This album is is really a culmination of of all of, those, all of those moments and experiences. So it's kind of taken me this long to be able to delve that deep into my psyche to create this record
0: i love it i was listening to your new album last night again and i found it to be very personal you know you sing about unlocking the door to your truth who would you say knows you for you
3: i kind of feel like my fans know me quite well i think especially since the pandemic i've had much more contact with my fans and i did some live q a's when we first went into lockdown here in europe i just felt compelled to be more open to share my like really honest feelings because I think it's hard when you're in a like in a moment like I am now with my record and you're promoting things and people say hey how are you doing and even if you feel like rubbish you don't want to say I'm not feeling great you're like hey yeah everything's great but I think because we were all having this shared experience of the pandemic and the uncertainty and the fear and this isolation I think I felt like it was important to be honest with people and say, you know what, I'm really struggling today. It's really, really hard. So I I think my fans know me really well. I think they know that I am honest and I care. You know, I really care so much. I'm so grateful for the support of my fans. It's so important to me that I'm able to to give people some hope and some strength through my music in the way that I receive that from other artists that I listen to.
2: You know, while we're shining the spotlight on the fans, Kennedy here mm-hmm. said something quite cheeky the other day, which actually I think has a lot of truth, and that is the gay stands. okay? They are some of the most <laughs> loyal fans and artists can ever have. They have no problem hollering out. Get it, Sam Joe? Woo! <laughs> hollering. We wanna holler, <laughs> Holler out their love for an artist spending Mac coin, drag queens performing their songs. And I'm sure you've heard stories where fans tell you the first time I've heard but the first time I heard a Spice Girl song, I knew I was
0: different. Mm. So, what do you believe is that, that special ingredient or spice in your work that's led to that connection?
3: I think with Spice Girls music, it's very much about what we stand for as a group of people. We really celebrate our differences and we know that we are each unique and we all have different qualities but we, we bring that together and with our unity, we are strong. And I think that's something that really appeals to the LGBTQ plus community because it is so important to celebrate uniqueness, but we also need companionship. You know, We need to feel like we are supported within our differences. And I think that's the kinship between the Spice Girls and the Pride community that works so well. I think as a solo artist, obviously so many of my fans are Spice Girls fans and, and that they have, have come along on the ride. But I think also personally, for me as an artist, I've never been afraid to show my vulnerability. And I think that really speaks to people because I think everybody is vulnerable sometimes, you know, and you can feel very alone. And I felt very alone many times in my life. And and I think that's something where we've had a connection.
1: All right, Melanie, now it's time for all those speed round that we've prepared. Woo! <laughs> Because this is a gay
0: podcast, we've dolled up our speed round questions. So let's play a game of. These are a few of my favorite gay things. <laughs>
3: I love it. I love it. Oh gosh, I'm nervous. I, I hope I don't embarrass myself. No, you won't. It's going to
0: be fun. We promise. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Who is your favorite drag queen?
3: Oh wow! Well, the ultimate is RuPaul. Ooh. I think you know who is the queen. You know, Rue is the Madonna of the drag world. You know, we all bow before her. <laughs>
2: all right, now, favorite queer musician?
3: Oh, gosh. Oh, well, immediately the person that sprung to mind was Ollie from Years and Years, who I adore. Ollie Alexander. Yeah. Oh, my
0: goodness. Ollie, I love him so much. I can't,
3: I cannot oh. even begin.
1: All right, Melanie. So, next question: What is your favorite color of the rainbow? And do you even remember the color of the rainbow?
3: <laughs> red, orange. We have we have a, a like a thing in in school in England. So you remember it? So Richard of York gave battle in vain. I have no idea what it means.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Actually, in Singapore, we have something similar, but it's Roy gave birth in Venice.
3: I mean, it's like yeah. I love that. I'm going to start using yours now. That's the best. So yeah. So it's like red. Orange, yellow, is it? Yellow, green. I should I usually have a pride flag somewhere. <laughs> 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 Look yeah. at that. But my favorite colour from the Pride Flag is is red. That's my favorite colour. I'm um yeah, it's powerful, it's strong, it's my colour. Yeah.
0: Okay, final question. Which song from your new album, would you say, is made for the gays?
3: I personally feel who I am a lot of people in the gay community have had a moment where they have had to shed their armour and just show who they, who they truly are to be happy because everybody deserves to be who they want to be and who they were born to be, you know? And for me, that song is about my journey throughout that. And I think that can really apply to a lot of people in the gay community. Halloween
2: just passed, and I know every year there's at least a hundred thousand sporty spices running around screaming girl power is is that like ever strange for you
3: i love it it's so funny because i you know i now see kids like my daughter's age dressing as spice girls and um, the thing is here in the uk right now on a daily basis kids of a certain age all look like sporty spice anyway everyone's in like <laughs> feel no, in, like, yeah. <laughs> like poppers on their bottoms and yeah so um, no i love it i think it's a wonderful legacy of the spice girls and, and hopefully it will go on forever
2: you know, for you to agree to come on to this little gay podcast in Singapore on its first week of launch means a lot for the podcast. And also, personally, we're all very grateful here. This interview is especially huge for Sam Joe here, because when I, when I told him that you're calling in, he had several dramatic moments. I mean, not going to lie, I'm still freaking out. And Melanie, I just
0: have to squeeze in a personal story. You know, we're talking about dressing up. My cousins and I have a family tradition at our family functions or weddings where we always dress up and perform a Spice Girls item. So thank you. This means so much to me and to a lot of us. Thank you for the music from the Spice Girls as well as your solo career. So I really wish you all the best.
3: Yeah.
0: And I've one last question for you. Oh. Is there something that you can say to everyone listening right now? You know, just some parting words to your LGBTQ fan base in Asia, in Singapore, that's been here with you from the very beginning.
3: I do. You know, I am so grateful for the incredible support that myself and the Spice Girls have had from the community. And I know I live in a country and in a culture where things are probably a lot easier for the LGBTQ plus community. I am so, always so amazed at the the strength of, of people who live in territories where it is more difficult to be freely who you are. So I just always send out my love, my support, and I am always here as a very proud ally to the community. I intend to keep making music forever and ever. So I I hope that I can be there to to provide entertainment as well as support. So thank you so much. It's so lovely speaking to you today. Thank Thank you you so much. much. We love you. Thank (laughs) you. I love you too. Take care guys. Take care. See you soon. Stay safe.
2: You too. Bye. All right, mm. that just happened, <laughs> guys. It's freaking surreal. <laughs> this is our first interview done together as well. So yay, us! Yay, yay. teamwork! What a great threesome. Threesomes oh. are always great. <laughs> Says Kennedy.
0: <some. laughs> you and I both grew up listening to the Spice Girls. Like I said, you know, I I grew up dressing up to Spice Girls with my cousins like we sometimes still do that for family weddings you know we would perform to their songs so cute you look cross-dresser yeah we (laughs) (laughs) you know we we went to watch the Spice World movie when it came out yeah I remember that on VHS right so many memories like and so much of my childhood
2: uh, were defined by the Spice Girls so that was insane because it just took me back to when I was seven years old I've not shared this story but the first time I heard the Spice Girls I thought they were called the Space Girls because <laughs> you know, on MTV, oh, they sounds sick. The Space Girls, right? <laughs> and I thought, wow, they're so cool. They're going to space. When we were in primary school, we used to have these like pop up bookshops like R.L. Stein and True Singapore Ghost Stories and stuff. Right, and I remember right, right. buying a Spice Girls autobiography. I took it home, and my dad saw it, and then he tore in half why yeah the word that i heard uh used a lot when i was growing up was secular material because i grew up in a very very conservative christian household mm. so he tore the book up so uh through the years i've continued to be a spice girls fan i'm a massive blink now i, <laughs> I should probably let everyone know i'm a huge blink but they're also very very different on there because they do like synchronized choreography which i mean do the spice girls do I think they did a bit, like, you know, when they Stop. performed Stop, for instance. <laughs> Stop right now.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. Kennedy?
1: Stop right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Rude! Kid. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Rude! I do understand what you're saying. Like, I don't think it's an understatement to say that they possibly wore the blueprint. You know, because they were the first huge girl group,
2: right? Yeah, I mean, before that, we had the Supremes. You have the Pointer Sisters. But also, that was a very, very different era for girls to come together, you know, um, with their own very distinct identity and fashion sense as well. The Union Jack dress for Jerry Halliwell. Like, that is something she just put together backstage. She just kind of stitched it together and went organic. Like, this is us. Mm. We're going to do this. So, I think you've got something there with the whole blueprint. My first introduction to girl groups was actually Fifth Harmony. How Ooh. young are you again?
1: I was born in ninety seven, so I,
2: I know. Wait, I remember when Fifth Harmony was formed. I was watching that season for X Factor. Yeah, right. Who was the? I mean, I remember. Camille. No, no, but like I remember. Camilla. Oh, sorry, Camilla. <laughs> She's a solo artist, He's by the way. Please cut that out. Oh my nope, god. No, we're keeping you. <laughs> no. Oh my god. Camille. I've been
0: watching. Okay, I've been watching Emily in Paris. So there's a Camille in there. Maybe that's okay. what's uh, fucking me up. Okay.
2: Okay, I remember the X Factor seasons based on the judges. So is it the one with the Britney Spears? Season? It's the one with Demi. It's
1: the Demi. It's the one, one is like um one of you stood out more than the rest, and then <gasps> oh, Khloe, right. Kardashian, Khloe, Khloe Kardashian. Khloe Kardashian was like Demi. Demi, <sighs> who, who, who do you thought stood out from the group? And then that Demi was, was so like trying to avoid it. And she was like, no, Demi, I want to know. Geez. And then like, Demi was like, she was trying to like scoot around it. she got fed up. She was like, you. Chloe was like, oh, Camilla. Uh, she pronounced it as Camilla, not me. But Chloe said Camilla. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, that was the Britney Spears
0: season, right? Because it was Demi and Britney.
2: Britney. Britney. Oh, yeah. That, yeah,
0: that was that, was that season. Okay. And then Britney had the two young girls. Do you remember? Beatrice? Was Beatrice be? Miller Beatrice Beatrice was one of them. <gasps> yeah. And um, oh yes. Carly Rose Sinclair. Yes! I was talking yeah. to Carly
2: Rae <laughs> Come on, pop culture. They, they look a little bit alike, but yeah. We're talking about our favorite girl groups. I really like All Saints. I think they're yeah. super underrated. Um, so fun fact, right after Wannabe, which is the biggest selling single by a female group in history, is All Saints Have Never Ever. Love Do- it. I really don't like that song. Really? I I feel like it's a bit overplayed. But Josh, but Josh, a few questions that I need to know. Why you couldn't love me so? (laughs) (laughs) I forgot the lyrics. (laughs) Pure shores, please. That's my favorite, and I think it's way better than Never Ever. Pure shores is such a good track from right. the beach, right?
0: Because they came up around the same time as the Spice Girls, so they were always compared to the Spice Girls. I remember all scenes giving interviews and everything, and some of them were a little bit catty. Of course, you don't know what to really trust. But I know that since then, they've all become
2: friends. I've seen that kind of cattiness with. I, I have a bit of an English accent there. No, because I was thinking <laughs> of C- I was thinking of Cheryl Cole. Oh yes You know cause Cheryl Tweedy didn't, Initially Didn't they do a, An interview They were essentially Watching a Pussycat Dolls Performance And then they were Making fun I said like, Isn't that the one girl Who sings What do the rest of them do And <gasps> I was like I was like Oh they just dances They're just dances I'm like Oh my god please You guys have like One song
0: That's very rich Coming from Cheryl No but okay But <laughs> yeah. I I also love
1: I'm sorry but she just It's jumped true out. I'm laughing it's like true. Sharon Osbourne <laughs> <laughs> actually my favourite girl group, right? I think you'll be shocked to know it's actually a K-pop girl group. <gasps> yes, it's actually not a like an uh, English singing. Can I guess? Sure. Is it twice? No. To anyone? Something I grew up with. Oh uh, it's not to anyone close, but it's not. Girls generation. Make you feel the heat. <laughs> Ooh. I first heard G right. and I went to learn the dance. Aww. And it was like super cute. And I just felt like the expression of like my identity mm. doing such so-called feminine dances and stuff. It's the production. It is the formation. It is the whole show. And that's something for me is BAM. On the interview with uh, Mel C, like when she brought up the Olympics, I was like, oh, yeah, because, you know, that was such a production.
2: I had a little tug of war at the back of my mind. Like, should I ask this question? Because like I just watched the Blackpink documentary, which is why I'm such a massive blinker. I like drinking rosé (laughs) I wanted to ask her If she would be able to watch a documentary Like Blackpink, Light Up the Sky And how much of it she would relate Like, we brought up Fifth Harmony. They were formed from a singing competition. And they clearly did not want to be in this group. No, let's be honest. Initially, yeah. Yeah, all of them had to make do. Granted, right? But they joined the competition to be solo artists. You know, and then... They had different motivation. (laughs) Normani, where's that album? okay and (laughs) valid question yeah when you look at blackpink they wanted to be a girl group right they joined that academy and they trained really hard for it and then for spice girls i'm not sure if kennedy knows this story but it was also a casting call so there was a casting call to form a girl group to kind of go cycle right yeah, to compete with the boy bands of the 90s. Yes. You know, and then... It was had... their answer to like NSYNC. Oh, I don't know if, if NSYNC came after... Was it it was three NSYNC. It
0: was like around Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys, Boys. Like yeah. Okay. We're
2: talking like... Um, Wham! And Take That preceded mm. the Spice Girls. So it was something very different to have a girl group like that. It's so different comparing Blackpink with the Spice Girls... Well, Melanie C would definitely be able to relate to
0: the level of fame. I mean, all the Spice Girls have talked a lot about how much of a crazy schedule they were put under. It was Mm. just like, you know, concert, concert, interview, interview, photo shoots. Like, sometimes they would look at photos (laughs) and not know where those photos were taken. Actually, if you look back, their career was kind of like a whirlwind, you know? Like, they were only a five-piece for, what, under two years? Not even two years. Yeah, they
2: only had two albums In a group of five and then we had forever and that was it It was a really fast run everything that that we've learned about the spice girls or we adore and respect and the legacy was just from a very concentrated period Mm. i did not even realize i thought they were around for like maybe 10 years the first album was 96 then 97 and then
1: 98 they left yeah Yeah. what you asked that question about why gays have such an affinity right Mm. i think it was spot on it's the same reason like i relate to divas and stuff you know like it's empowering. It's almost like you see yourself in, in them. And the, the terms like baby spice, ginger spice, they were actually fan given. I thought I'm it was so the
0: paparazzi, paparazzi it, either who Either fan it to or
1: paparazzi. It's it not it from might themselves. Be, yeah. But
2: I'm so proud of you so for knowing cool that. It's cool that,
1: you know, if it was from the fans, it's cool that people like saw themselves inside them enough to do that, you know? That's
2: that true. is such a brilliant point because I know for Sam, Joe, and I, when everyone else around us. We're singing "Everybody Backstreet's Back." We were full on. Oh my God, we're supposed to Girl like you. Like we were doing that. You <laughs> oh, your little yeah, hope yeah, 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 yeah. little homosexual. Yeah, and and whatever girl group it may be, even for the pussycat dolls, right? right. Like the male gaze is not something that we look at. The male gaze looks at mm. them like cute girl, the broken wrists. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Like, yeah. we're like
0: leg up, girl. Exactly. Yeah. So do you exactly. know in, when I was in second? I wanted one. to be Kimberly Wyatt and put my leg up. Yeah, I'm
1: Carmeet. You're just are, saying. Okay, yeah. in secondary one i choreographed my own dance to um buttons i incorporated some Ooh. dance moves from them but i no it was just it was just the first few seconds of the chorus but yeah i used to do it in front of my friends my friends were like what the hell are you doing that kind of thing yeah but it's
2: just a fun thing to gather with your friends and then be able to relate to women yeah, come yeah. together like, and be you're who's kimberly and- wyatt me and then you're what Carmi. i'm obviously nicole scherzinger like, I mean, I'm a what? diva. Everyone knows that I like the limelight. Speaking of... Josh and I just rolled the eyes. Yeah. Speaking of defining yourself. <laughs> hi, I'm Roise. <laughs> you can call me Roise. Yeah. Is she Australian? Look it up. <laughs> Do you know any cities in Australia? <laughs> um, Annyeong, I'm Jisoo. And we have figured out who Kennedy I've is. I've been asking yes. them since just now. They don't tell me who... Okay.
0: Which Blackpink... Like, Kennedy, your Blackpink persona is... <laughs>
2: Jenny! Jenny. You are so Jenny! Like, you look intimidating in person, but then after, like, a month, you're nice. Yeah, you
0: definitely have the resting bitch face, like, down pat. (laughs) Thank you, I have the most endorsements. Yeah. (laughs) She's going so (laughs) low! Are you sure it's not Lisa? Just want to keep her in check. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay, and finally, which Spice Girl are you? Oh, I
0: could never. No, don't do this to me. I told you about how my family and I, like my cousins and I, would always dress up, right? Mm-hmm. And ever since I was a little boy, I don't know why, but I
1: was always posh. Do you feel like being casted as posh many, many times, do you feel like that has impacted your self-concept today? oh, Ooh. Come on, Barbara Walters!
0: <laughs> yeah, pop psychology, part two! <laughs> um, oh, that's a very good question. Whoa... Okay, so I have just running joke with my cousins, like, I would be posh, but they look at me dance and dip it low and everything, and mm. they're like, I'm sorry, you're Jerry. Because I'm just, I feel like I'm a little bit too loud for
1: posh, yeah. in terms of my personality. And the only reason why I ask that is because I feel like my self-concept is definitely impacted by Nikosha Singer, That one reality show episode where people say, like, you can't sing, right? Yeah. And I, I feel like I'm always known as a bitch, but I, I show up with my talent, that type of thing. That's what I want mm. to be. Yes. And then she starts singing. Yeah, and and then so Sharon
0: Osborne is like, Dear, you don't have to do this. Do you don't have to do this. Then she does. She does. Uh, I will always love you. Yes, yes,
1: yes, yeah. Oh, what, so, so, Josh,
2: what spice do you think you are? Old Spice, no. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I I can see you on the horse, definitely. You know the the crazy thing is, like I grew up bullied quite a bit, even in primary school, right? And when it came to the whole Spice Girls thing, people also make fun of me. You're definitely scary Spice because you're the dark skin one. But I actually owned it. I no, no, one hundred percent that was my reality but I actually own the whole Scary Spice thing I really enjoyed it I like that you know she's the black girl she raps like she is the life of that song Wannabe yes The zig-a-zig-a. that is Mel B I mean all of them are different but she sticks out and she owns it with the the hairdo with the cones yeah. up mm-hmm. in her hair yeah, and the afro yeah. the leopard print like she owns it you yeah. know and I love that about her so I'm never ashamed to say yes I'm Scary Spice I'm the dark skinned one and I would love to be scary spice. I love that. So since the two of you are such super fans, what spice do you think I am?
0: Your baby, your Baby spice, I, think. I think, yeah. <laughs> you're a cute little Baby Spice. I think it was a scene in the Spice World movie where Baby Spice has to... They, they have to sneak through security or something, right? And then they send Baby Spice to the front and she kind of, like, holds her lollipop up. The puss in boots. Yeah, and puss in boots' eyes and everything and goes, pretty please. So you're kind of like... You look innocent on the outside. You're actually a very cheeky one and you have a, a little um, naughty side to you. You have
2: a twinkle and also a
1: twinkle. I have a lot of naughty, but okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the
0: SG Boys,
1: the new gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and
2: find us on Instagram at The SG Boys. The beliefs, views, and opinions expressed on this podcast are attributable to its hosts only and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, organization, company, or individual.